0: Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Steeped Coffee. Steeped coffee is a new brewing method. It's basically coffee in a bag. That is correct. Take it wherever you want. You're telling me that I can take coffee in a bag anywhere and brew it just like tea. You're you're, you're, you're right. (laughs) Is it nitrogen flushed? It's nitrogen flushed. It will stay fresh. It's compostable, but here's the thing. It's specialty coffee, not just coffee. Not just random coffee. So if you're in the jungle, say, and you happen to have some hot water with you, you can whip up a cup of amazing specialty coffee. That's true. Or if you're me and you went to a place where there was only Starbucks, you could get super hot water and put steeped coffee in there. And then all of a sudden, specialty coffee on the go. Imagine going to Cat and Cloud and wanting to get steeped where... You can. You can get Steep Coffee at SteepCoffee.com. You can get it at Cat and Cloud retail locations. Steep's also a benefit B Corp. Which, what's a B Corp? It's something cool, right? I mean, that means that the team also gets profit sharing. Oh, so it's like a win-win. It's like a win-win. They take care of their team. Win-win. Well, if you haven't tried Steep, you should head on over there. SteepCoffee.com. Check it out and taste what coffee tastes like when it's in a bag. Especially coffee never was so easy. Okay, bye. What's cracking, everybody? Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This week, we've got the crew from Valor Coffee on. They're from Atlanta. They're three young dudes who are best bros. They started their business as this catering events cart and now they're popping up in a co-working space and their long-term goal is to have several brick and mortar cafes. They're really fun, engaging, energetic guys. And one of the things that I think sets them apart from a lot of other businesses is that they're super hyped on values. They take values as seriously as we do and they think it's one of the most important things about starting a business. And hey, guess what? We agree. And they're super hyped on us, which makes us happy. And they've been using the podcast as one of their most valued educational resources so alex mars who's the team leader of our wholesale partner program sat down with them to talk shop and here's what we got i'm gonna give you a little bit of a warning it's on skype it's a little murky on the audio i apologize ahead of time but the information is there it'll make you feel good so let's hear from the cats at valor coffee oh
1: my <sighs> yeah alex.
2: Oh, it's Crazy. nice to hang up the phone and yeah. i was getting like double double feedback so i think this will work out great
3: perfect so this is ethan we're talking to nice. this is ross yeah what up ross and last but not least this
1: is riley sweet yeah do you guys okay so
2: you guys are valor coffee right
3: we are 100 percent valor coffee atlanta
4: georgia not atlanta well just north of atlanta Okay. But we, people say Atlanta whenever they're not from Atlanta. Like like <laughs> 50 miles north, and like, yeah, Atlanta.
3: You right. can say Metro Atlanta. OTP, yeah, Metro. OTP Atlanta.
2: I think, yeah, you guys, I might have told you already, but I lived in Atlanta for like a year. Um, and uh, for a little while, I was living in like Doraville,
3: which is like. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's like northeast Atlanta. Yeah. Is that anywhere near There's you guys? A, yeah, that's like. 15 minutes away, <laughs> 20, I don't know, around 25, 20. what were you doing there? Were you going to school?
2: So yeah, I was going to school, I was going to grad school, that's where I like originally went to grad school before I um, transferred up to New York City, so Whoa. yeah, I was there for just a
3: year, um, but it was a good time. What What year was that, Did you did you get to explore Atlanta's coffee scene at all? Not really. That was before I
2: really knew anything about coffee. So I went to this place called Mr. Toots.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, Atlanta staple. Mr. Dude. Toots.
2: Yeah. I used That's to a... love that place.
3: Dude, I have no idea what it, Mr. Ow. Toots is. But I've never I, heard of it. I think you just, we have our uh, our next next brand if we want to rebrand. It yeah, was a dude. bomb. Takeover is Mr. Toots. For sure.
1: It was Alex, next. do you remember that one time that I came into Cat and Cloud and we met? I do. You were on your honeymoon, right? That's right. Hey, look at you. Good
2: memory. Dude, that was wild. I remember being like, wait, I know you from the internet somehow. <laughs> and you you got your, your new wife to come and like indulge your coffee crawl. And I was like, this is. This. How many drinks oh, did yeah. you
3: have? I,
1: I spent probably, I, I spent close to $200 at Cat and Club.
3: Oh my um, gosh. Is that, boy. is that your average ticket price at Cat and <laughs> that's, that's pretty I don't know average.
2: Yeah, we, we try to keep it at least, you know, 150, 175.
4: He was a little above. <laughs>
3: That's sweet. A little mean. Good idea. Hey. And then, Ross, you're headed to uh, to Santa Cruz in a little bit, too. Yeah,
4: yeah. dude. I, I haven't told anyone, but um, I haven't told anyone from Cat and Cloud. I mean, sweet. My wife, Rachel, and I are coming to San Francisco, and I think we're going to rent a car and come to Cat and Cloud and hang out. Dude, we would be honored. We will. We will hang out with you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> are oh, you coming nice. on a weekend or during the week? Um, I don't think we've like totally nailed down what day we're coming up to Santa. Down or up? Down. Down, down to down. Santa Cruz. <laughs> um, <laughs> really yeah, playing, going down to Santa Cruz, but I will definitely let you know. <laughs> well, we're open seven
2: days a week. We are uh, we're in the zone. We're ready for you whenever you want to come by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, so you guys You were Valor Coffee In 100%. Alpharetta, Georgia Yes And man, okay So there's a couple really crazy things about you guys First of all You're all very young Compared to the average business owner I would say In my Not, account,
3: not compared to the average barista though True right.
2: Yeah do you guys feel comfortable sharing your age for the audience? Oh, man.
3: Yeah, I, I feel comfortable. Do you guys? I feel actually a little too comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm 20. You're 20. Uh, Ross, I'm 21. And I am also 21. <laughs>
2: 20, 21, and 21. Um, that's crazy. But you guys have been around. Okay, so I was poking around on your Instagram, and I saw that you guys had a Kickstarter, which I never realized. <laughs>
4: Um, and that was in 2016. Yeah, it's been going like two years now. So we first started talking about the idea. Um,
1: would that be like freshman year of college or like were we like? Yeah, I think so. It was, it was like two years ago to date that we started uh, uh, messing around with this.
4: Yeah. So we were like 18 at the time in college talking about coffee and we had our first job in coffee. Or were we just home brewers at that point?
1: I mean, man, we, we probably just thought we could do it straight off of the bat. Yeah. Actually, I, I think we got a job in coffee so we could start our own coffee company. Yeah. Um, but our first job was at, like, this deli that was, like, it was just, like, we, we lived in in a town that was very remote, had no no coffee there, like, not even a Starbucks. And, and the next town over had a, a new coffee shop that was opening up. Wow. So we, like, went over there. Got a job there as like the starting baristas.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like we were doing the coffee program, even though we had no idea what we were doing. But we uh, think we learned a lot through that.
3: Well, you um, you went out to Counterculture to get trained, right? Yeah, oh, yeah,
1: that was yeah. Oh, exactly. Okay. We Ross and I we just like paid out of pocket to go to to go to Counterculture training um just so we could learn like something because I think like before counterculture training we we like didn't know what a portafilter filter was no. we like we didn't know anything about an
3: espresso machine so we we for for all the brus out there could you could you talk about what you thought iced lattes were about oh, like, you, uh, um, yeah so, so. <laughs> the first time someone ordered an iced latte at that job
4: I was like okay so I know we got the espresso that's a thing. I know that this is iced, so like I have to put ice in it. But like, as for the milk this has to be like foamy, right? Cause it's a latte. So I was like, okay, so I'll steam the milk. That's the whole point of a latte. Right. I was like, okay, I'll just like pour, pour this hot milk over ice <laughs> and I I served it. And I don't really remember what happened, but <laughs> the, rest is history. the rest is history. And then I, that's when I knew I needed a career in coffee.
3: Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, that's and to understandable. Be, you know? To be clear too, uh, this was Ross and Riley. They were working at this shop. And then in another town over, I was actually working for a small confectionery kitchen at the time. Okay. So I was making like marshmallows, ice cream, and cookies. Dang. And then they put me in charge of like a little retail space at the window front. Mm. And we got to like pick the coffee. And my, my hip friends knew about like Stumptown. So I was like, okay. Nice. And so we got a guy from Stumptown to come out and train me. Cool. um and oh my gosh the machine we had was like a 97 La San Marco i don't know if they're still around but the tamper they gave us was like half the size and so I remember when Ross and Riley first came in and we met, and I, I was making them coffee to, like, tamp the coffee down. I had to, like, do a dance around the entire porta filter to cover it all. Did you know that, like,
4: we were coffee people at that time?
3: So you were like, oh, dude, I got to, like, dial in. <laughs> Hold up a sec. Got to dial in. No, I don't think so. I was mostly just making affogatos with the ice cream, so it was never, yes. like. High pressure. Nice.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I used to make lots of affogatos. That was like how I got started in coffee, actually working at the oh, ice nice. cream shop across the street from Verve Coffee.
3: Oh, um,
2: yeah. What was that it's, called? It's, it's called Penny Ice Creamery. I think it's I remember right the, the boys pennies. talking about pennies. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's right across the street from where Chris lives, so that's kind of like how I got involved with Cat and Cloud after all. But um Wait. So, how did you guys meet? Then, just you, the two of you went into the shop where Ethan was working, and
1: yeah, like that—that's really it. I mean, we, ah. we, our wives um, or girlfriends at the time followed yeah. Ethan's girlfriend on Instagram, and it was kind of the thing where we would like see them out in public and from afar, <laughs> we'd be like, "Oh, isn't that uh, Meredith and her boyfriend?" <laughs> and, but we walked into the to the shop and. I think Ross and I went in on different days and like Ross went in, met Ethan and he was like, dude, you have to meet this guy, Ethan. He's really cool. Dang. And so I went in the next day and I just like met him. Uh, and it was kind of like a, a situation of like, oh, hey, do you want to like be friends? And <laughs> Which was like very, very uncharacteristic of Ross and I. Um, <laughs> you were kind we, of like a duo for a long time.
4: Yeah, because, like, we we went to the same elementary school and, like, we kind of grew up together. Gotcha. So, like, we were already tight and we were kind of talking about Valor, but it, like, wasn't a thing. And then I remember, like, the first time I met Ethan, I was like, hey, man, tomorrow I'm going to, like, a counterculture cupping and then I'm also going to, like, drop my resume at several cafes in Atlanta. But if I don't get accepted at any of those cafes, I'm just going to start my own company. Company. So, sweet, Easy I, enough. Went, like, I hardly, I hardly knew anything about coffee. Um, <laughs> so then I guess Ethan and I just like talked about what the company would be. And then he was like, I, I don't think you could really call him an employee in the very beginning because like we didn't pay him or we didn't pay ourselves, obviously. So right. like he would just help us out with, um, random stuff. Like we started we started mobile. So, our first, our very first gig, and it was, I don't know, you can call it a gig, was us setting up with all of our like home brewing stuff. Like, we had, there's like three Chemexes, and then we just bought like tons of coffee at retail price, and like tons of different roasters, or, like three different roasters in Atlanta. Nice. And like, we were just, we asked our church, like, hey, will you please let us like brew coffee for, day like, yeah sure and um <laughs> we didn't bring cream no we were like screw you guys that like cream like yeah, <laughs> real coffee. oh my god and then getting, we started listening super to
1: slim. the podcast and that changed our lives on, on that subject
3: nice yeah it's kind of crazy how much everything changed when we like started digging into the podcast uh-huh. and yeah it, it just it made me want a career in coffee Nice. yeah that's a that's a pretty yeah, crazy thing. a so our Kickstarter for ten thousand um, dollars, and somehow we got it. Yeah, and I'm sorry to anyone out there who hasn't done their Kickstarter merch. <laughs> <laughs> Still, right, we okay, sold most of it. We <laughs> a ton of it. There's you like, guys like? I didn't get my mug. <laughs> <I'm like>, oh. <laughs> Y'all
2: like pulled in. You like pulled through, right? Like so, the Kickstarter yeah, was kind of then, like slow. I
3: guess slow. the Kickstarter was a slam dunk. We Spent most of it on a GS three.
1: Yeah, we we made we made our goal on like the two days before the end. It was it was very close. That's intense. Yeah, so we were getting a little worried, but um, that worked out. And then yeah, like like Ethan said, we just we kind of didn't um we we didn't have much of a of an opportunity um to buy anything other than like the literally the GS three and right. the grinder.
2: That's cool. I mean, that's like a heck of a place to start. You didn't have anything before that, right? This this was like the beginning, the very beginning.
1: Yeah, like that was that was literally it. I mean, I think that we like donated our own scales from like home brewing and um, like I don't know a uh, a kettle or something, yeah. and, and then yeah. everything else was just. You know, we uh we just scrounged it all together, put like a little bit of the money that we did have because we we're really young and we're we're pretty broke. Um, we're we're all really young,
3: we're all married, and we're all really broke. <laughs> yeah, we all chose to get right just like right when we got married to start a business. So that's been super awesome. Yeah, that's
2: amazing. How uh, is like so? All your wives are friends essentially.
1: Yeah, I would say that it's just it's a group of like best. I mean yeah. this is kind of like our, our circle which is which is tricky with with business hmm. um but it's it's a lot of fun well it's funny because yeah. like we
3: we definitely had other friends and then once you dive into starting a business it's like all right well I'm just not going to see anyone else but these people for the next like right. five years as we grow this thing um, yeah that's but, that's
2: cool as long as you get along and you can kind of figure stuff out together and and get on the same page with things and you know, I'm sure it's not always the easiest thing in the world, but um, yeah, it's cool when you when you
3: like each other that much. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, three owners has been awesome, and I, we took a lot of advice from Cat and Cloud about like you have to plan to scale if mm. you want to like make a sustainable career for three owners. Right. Because um, like where we're at right now on our cart. Um, in our pop-up, it's like Riley. If it was only his project, he could he could have a he could have a life, you know. If it was just yeah. him, but we have we have to have some vision, which is awesome because I mean, like we want to scale and want to have a an awesome impact on like the southeast and Atlanta. Totally. Um,
1: yeah, but I will say like having um, co-owners is, is such a blessing because. If it was just like one of us, sure we could like pay ourselves and call it a day, and not not plan to like reach for the stars or whatever. But uh, every time someone reaches out to us, like whether it's like over Instagram or an email or something, asking us like tips for starting a business. Yeah. We always respond with like the first thing being, uh, is it just you or do you have a co-owner? Mm. You should probably find a co-owner because it's it makes things so much easier. Just a different perspective. Um, and I mean, that's that's another another tip we, we've taken from Cat and Cloud for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I know whenever they were first starting things up, they were all about uh, working together. And it's, it's definitely helpful for all the yeah. business own- owners out there. you
2: people starting something. I like three like. is like a really great number for like, you know, the, the number of owners, like, obviously there's like, I mean, ideally everybody can agree on, on the course of action, but like three is like a good, like eye breaking number. And like, you can all have like different skills and different things you bring to the table. Um, which is like, yeah. That's, I can't even imagine owning a coffee shop as a solo proprietor. Like that sounds like a hard
3: life. Yeah. I think we got super, I think we're just lucky across the board because yeah. when we started this and we had, we didn't have like a huge plan, but to realize later, like we're starting to realize more and more how different all of us are. Right. And how that's perfect. Um, it's, yeah. uh, it definitely brings some challenges, but like, Riley has such a better grip on, like, project management, uh, like, business development, website development, financial development. Um, Ross has such a grip on, like, vision, leadership, like, just a really calm presence, like, amid struggle. Um, Yeah. And what about me, Ross and Riley? Go ahead. How do I fit in? (laughs) Ethan, Ethan, you're, like, you're the best at
4: just getting stuff done so like I I totally see you and you are now like the the front runner for our retail space and like um, Ethan is really really good just on the floor like dealing with people not dealing with people just like yeah. giving hospitality and, and managing a, a bar and a cafe um, and then you're also the one that's like Willing to just, like, do all the really hands-on, like, dirty work that needs to be done in a company. Nice. Um, So I think we all, like, compliment each other really well.
2: I was going to say, he's really good at, like, supplier management. Or, like, you know, like, managing the... the, I've mostly been uh, in conversation with Ethan over the last, you know, whatever it's been, six months, a year. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely... I can see the, the like customer service, the
3: hospitality kind of side like, you know, coming out all the time. So, yeah, I think, I think sometimes I, yeah, I think like supplier relations is a big thing and I'm kind of, I'm kind of a, I'm sure it'll change over time, but I'm, really like gracious with everybody if something's going like terribly wrong if our baker just doesn't bring the pastry so I was like oh no our fault our our fault yeah. and I'm like ready to cut ties <laughs> like, we got a new baker and I'm like no 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 I'll go pick it up it's okay
1: Amy if you're listening to this I'm <laughs> sorry
3: <laughs> Amy our baker you're a stud <laughs> yeah, stuff, stuff happens that's just easy. Yeah. and it's like And well, it's easy when it's chill like so Remember when, I mean, I don't, I don't, this is not to put you guys on blast, but like, remember you accidentally sent us decaf instead of night shift. Yep. And it was just like the easiest thing to be like, hey, dude, I think we got, we got decaf instead of night shift. And yeah. night shift was from West Coast to East Coast in like two seconds. <laughs> I was like, oh. Now we have now we have decap for a while. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. So like once, you guys have like messed up one time in like a year, so I think that's a pretty good track. I, mean, right? I think we've messed up like one hundred times. Oh, yeah. I'm always like, "Hey, dude, oh, you I, do you mind throwing an extra kilo on your, uh, <laughs> yes. the shipment that's about to go out in like ten minutes?" Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah, no problem." I say, yeah, oh, great. So
2: Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, man, west coast, east coast. You know, it's it's like that. That's been such an interesting challenge for me, just as like a. A wholesale coffee, like connection, and just like trying to like <laughs> provide like really good service. Like it's so easy to provide great service to like a place that's like here in Santa Cruz or like down in San Diego or LA. Uh, um, but, like figuring out how to do it across the country—that's like, yeah, that's the challenge right there.
3: <laughs> well, I think one thing that really like helped that. I don't know if it was because of us, but like those videos that you had um, and you worked with like Chris and Chuck about. Um, just like it was, pri- what was it called private wholesale videos. Oh, the partner resource program. Yeah, yep. yeah, like that was something that transcended like geographical location. Thanks. Nice. And I knew that, like, that meant a lot for us, and that helped us grow a ton. Especially, yeah. I know Chris's one about social media mm-hmm. really shaped right. how we like strategize and what we like plan for our social media. Yeah. We were before that, we were kind
1: of like sometimes just posting like useless bullshit content. And then now we really like think, should we post today? Like, is this going to like have any any meaning at all? And if the answer is no, then we probably just don't post that day or just post like a story of Ethan doing something funny or something like that. (laughs) I've definitely noticed you
2: guys like promoting a lot more on Instagram and like creating a lot more stories that are like very, very sort of like focused on like trying to like grow awareness of something you're doing like you know Friday night what was it Friday night one dollar espresso yeah dollar grow night yeah right
3: uh, yeah and I think I think that's kind of talking towards slow growth in social media which is kind of probably counter not counterintuitive but counterculture to do is that like we want to be true to ourselves we want to be true to the people that like would be involved with us. And so we're going to speak to those people a lot instead of just like getting a butt ton of followers because we have pictures of latte art and like gear. Um, But we just, yeah, we're focusing on our community. And so I feel like though we don't have like a a ton of followers, like the ones we do are super interactive. Like we get messages and we love talking and we always try to make sure to like hit people back if they like ask us a question um, right. but, but yeah, it's like a slower growth to it at the same time.
2: Yeah. So, so not to go back to Kickstarter, cause we talked about that a long time ago. I did want to bring up two things about that, that I think are hilarious. One, I saw that there was a haircut reward for $500. Oh uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. What was that again? I, like, I think it was like, if you, if you give 500, uh, like, Ross and myself would, would shave your name into our head. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, no one donated to that one. I don't think anyone wanted to see us have to go through that with that. But, uh,
3: I'm so thank bummed. you everybody.
1: Yeah, I know. I think, I think my dad and like my dad wanted, my dad was like telling my mom to donate and he, he wanted her to do that one, but she wouldn't do it because uh, Your mom's too sweet. Yeah. Man. She's just too sweet. Yeah, so you can. she didn't select that reward. Damn. <laughs>
2: Ah, shout out to moms out there who being been so yeah, great. Moms, we moms. love you so much, moms. Thank you. Uh, okay, I also saw that there were three backers at the one thousand dollar level, which I think was the highest level. What? Yeah, how, yeah. That's sick. Like, how did that
4: happen? Slash, so who are those there, people? There were more than that. Like, really? we, yeah. So we, the majority of those all came from family members between the three of us. Um, so I remember one time, like I had this. I was calling everyone. So I had this kind of distant uh, relative that I hardly ever saw. And I just called her and kind of told her our story. And like, which at this point was pretty like, there wasn't much of a story. Um, She was like, yeah, okay. Like, this is no strings attached at all. I just want to give you a thousand dollars. And I was just completely mind blown. Like (laughs) the fact that I don't know, it's I guess it's because you love me and like you want me to succeed. But, like I hardly even know you, um, and there, there's you know some of that was like our parents and like our parents have been so supportive of us in this and uh, they've been they've been mentors to us. Like my mom specifically, um, she like gave a lot to the Kickstarter and then um, she she works for the Atlanta Falcons uh, oh, and she she has like a really great role within that company. That's like been so useful to us.
3: Um, so all that to say, like our family has supported us so much. Well, yeah. And one, probably one of the biggest things was that when we started like with the Kickstarter for the first few months, we were operating on like a, a custom foldable table. Right. And so any event took like 20 trips from the car oh, to yeah. get everything.
2: I saw a picture on, on Instagram of, like, your first gig, right? It was, like, a rehearsal dinner. Yeah,
4: yeah. That, that wasn't even on, like, a custom foldable table. That was just, like, <laughs> one you buy. And we, we got, like, this, I think, pleather, maybe, like, hmm. giving it too much grace there. We got yeah. it from Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Ooh. We were just, like, all right, we have to look professional. So we got, like, this really terrible curtain that we taped on. And <laughs> we were just like, all right, we're going to, like, Serve good coffee at this thing. Um.
1: The, the funniest part about it all is that, um, for all you listeners out there, Ross Walters is six foot eight. Are you he, serious? With shoes on. He is very tall. And this, this foldable table was very so small. Sure. So Ross was just like hunchbacking the yeah. whole night. Of course, I was on bar, too. Yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't, yeah, on a back porch at a, at a rehearsal dinner. Um,
3: so yeah, humble beginnings. That's yeah. Crazy. So we started with that table, um, and then we moved. I think in March. I guess that was probably like October, November. So we went through all winter, and then in March we collaborated with Riley's dad, who's a master carpenter, like uh-huh. a cabinet builder. And we were like, please, 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 please build us a cart. And we like had some designs and. Um, he basically, like, just, we did it at cost, and that's what we're still working with today. Yeah, this. that thing's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, it. Looks so yeah, good. Yeah, we we started with that, or we, we're on that now, and it's so heavy. Yeah. It's so awesome. Because <laughs> we, we just did an event on Friday, so we had to, like, close down our pop-up and then drive out. You know where, you know where Athens is? Yeah. So it's like an hour and a half away. We drove like that way. Um, Got it. We did an event out there, and yeah, I don't know. I think it's a kind of it's a newer thing that people are doing, like starting their companies as an espresso bar first, like on a cart. Like I know High Top. Yeah. Is doing is doing that right? Yeah, they have they have a they have a cart. Um, I knew they did that a little yeah.
2: bit in the beginning, and they're they're like fully brick and mortar now. And I think they take the cart out. Like on weekends, they'll go to like or. You know, every now and then they'll go to like some place and do like a pop up. Um I've actually like I've heard from a number of people who have reached out to us and been like, "Yeah, we like we're following like Valor Coffee on Instagram," and like, yeah, they said that like they wanted to do a cart kind of like similar to yours, and they were like, "Yeah," and they use Cat and Cloud Coffee, and I was like, "Cool." <laughs> it's
3: awesome. yeah, that's cool. They're yeah. On. So. No, I mean, there's like, there's a lot of baggage that comes with like having a cart. Right. But all in all, when you're 19 and uh, dirt poor, like you can't just get a cafe. Right. So, so this was definitely like a phase, and it still is a phase of our business, and something that I think is going to continue yeah. even after, like brick and mortar, kind of like what High Tech soon. I guess we're a couple steps behind that, where we want to want to have a cafe, but then also um, use. Use the card as like a tool to be where we want to be, right? Um, permanently. Um, I so wish we had like, a card. I mean, like, dude, you can, you can get a <laughs> card. Come out here. We'll work you can out. have ours. Yeah, you can just oh, have ours. God. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll trade. We'll take the cafe. We'll just yes. take one of yours. You have. You almost have like three, right? Just us one. Yeah. You have the Boom. That's so it's sick. Easy. But yeah, man. Putting putting all of your assets though on a cart and then putting that yeah. cart in a trailer and then driving that on the highway like a bunch is super dangerous. Yeah.
2: What, what's like it's the wildest crazy... thing that's happened? Like, has anything like wild gone down with the
3: cart? Or you you just asked for a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> there is a lot of things that have happened to us. I was at. There's actually one where my boys couldn't be there and we had to hire out. And so it was Riley's wife and another guy, Taylor, who was helping me at the wedding. And we got to the venue and they're like, all right, well, the reception's up there. Um, And then they say up there, and it's just this really long gravel road. And I'm like, I have to push this cart up the gravel road. And so we're we're chugging along. We had to get like all the groomsmen to help push this cart up the gravel road. (laughs) And then um, when we're almost there, our wheel breaks and like the cart just like tips over. Oh no. And so we were, we were three wheeling it and <sighs> I had to run back to my car. I'm like, I don't have anything. And then I realized that the like trailer chocks like to stop them from rolling. If you like turn them the certain way, they're like the perfect size to fit under. So we did this like 300 person three hour event, which is pretty heavy, heavy wow. duty um, with like three wheels. And it was like, Slightly crooked. That was pretty nuts. What's in the what's in the we'll just hit you with a couple.
1: I think the only time we have not been able to serve was at my wedding. Oof. Oh yeah. no. Um we just like like got the night before at the rehearsal dinner, like everything worked perfectly. Everyone was super happy with the product they got. And then like <laughs> day of the wedding, since Ross and Ethan were in my wedding, we had to hire someone um to to run it and Thanks again, Taylor. Yeah, thanks Taylor. And he, he just <laughs> He, like, he, I think he told Ethan, like, hey, the, uh, the espresso machine isn't, isn't working.
3: And what, what was the issue? So the issue was that water was not coming out of the group head. And for all you coffee people out there, when water doesn't come out of the group head, you can't make coffee. Uh, it just stays dry. So you just have coffee bean. Um, and so right after that, Riley goes on his honeymoon to San Francisco and then immediately after that, Ross goes to Japan um, to see his sister, no big deal, Ross Sweet. goes to Japan, I did. Um, and then I was like, all right, well, we have to make water come out of this, so I watch a bunch of YouTube videos, and I use a guitar string to like, unclog this line, um, the jigglier. I was actually, if anyone keeps up with our stories, we had another problem with our jigglier um, a couple weeks ago, I guess.
2: Yeah, and
3: and I, would, I I replaced it with uh, the the Lamarrizoco Strata mod. Nice. Still looking for a bigger one, but hey, we're on the hunt. But yeah. yeah, that that was the only
1: time we haven't been able to serve, and I was like super bummed. But I I guess if there was an event for it to not work, it was probably my wedding where mm-hmm. someone hadn't paid us like hundreds and hundreds of dollars to to do their event, and we just show up
3: and totally. can't make coffee. Um, oh, so on the on the opposite side of the spectrum, we are doing a wedding um, in a town north of us, and instead of water not coming out of our espresso machine, we have a we have a oh, brewer plumbed in under Curtis. like in our cart. Oh, okay. I was gonna okay. Keep keeping <laughs> private. They're great. We love the product. Oh right. And I'm I'm sure. Us putting it on a trailer and shaking it around voids whatever like, <laughs> safety warranty there might be. Like, but something obviously came loose and like we're just in the middle of the event and water just starts flowing out. Boiling uh-huh. water from the from the brewhead. Onto my shoe. Onto Riley. it won't and stop man. And like it won't just stop gushing water. Like we're unplugging everything. Uh-huh. It's just like draining the tank at full blast. And, and we have like a huge Yeah, I mean, what we do at the catering events is like basically everybody gets in a massive line and then we serve everybody over the course of however long it takes. And so we're like in the middle of that and boiling water is going. Wow, that's
4: insane. The majority of catering, like when we first started every time. So so we had like a a trailer that we pulled behind a truck and our cart would go inside of that and we would like um, strap it in there with all of our expensive machines and every time we would like crack open the trailer after we would arrive somewhere and be like, oh no, is, it, is everything going to be bad? And then like a few times, our, like, our GS3 would be like hanging by its power cord on <laughs> and like It's totally fine. It would just be a complete yeah. mess and it's like, alright, like
1: this is going to be that kind of day, like let's do this. If you look on our Instagram, you'll definitely see pictures of our EK43. Um, it's like it is scarred up. Oh, yeah. Every one of those scars came one week after we bought it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It Very just, humbling. just like took took a little tumble. Um, but hey, it still works. up
3: if you got some paint. We've been on a hunt for some E. K paint. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it looks good. It's gritty, it's raw. People Man,
2: like us. these right. are these are the stories that that you're gonna look back on when you have like two or three brick and mortar shops, and you're just gonna be like, "Remember yeah. our like humble beginnings, just like pushing
3: that cart around." It's gonna be, you know, live in, in your history. It's gonna be a great for thing. sure. <laughs> and we and we've made it further than that too, which is great because yeah. we I, we keep saying the pop up, but we are in Alpharetta, and we were able to get connected. Um, to this guy named Ramon, who owns a co-working space where like different companies rent out um, offices and common space. I'm sure most people are familiar with workspaces or co-working yeah. spaces. But um, yeah, we were able to have a conversation with him. We're like, "Can we like be your in-house like coffee shop?" And um, he he like thought about it for a while. Talked to his designer. And he's like, "Well, I wish you would have talked to me sooner. Like I would have put you in the front room." So like well, we get off the street traffic he's like, so I guess I'm going to say no. And we're like, wait, do you have any other space that we could like put our cart? Right. Like, he's like, well, I mean, there's some space in the back of the building and we're like, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so we're parked, um, like down the alley in the co-working space, which is actually kind of sick. Cause it's like this private patio area and it's got like this really nice gla- glass garage door. Um, And so yeah, we're we're parked and we we're like allotted like a six by six space. So wow, I don't know. We (laughs) post about all the time, but like we're still like we we're acting like a cafe, like we're open like (laughs) seven to eight, um, like most of the week, and then but we're still like not plumbed into a water line. So, right. like, every day we got to go to Publix and fill up our water jugs. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> and we, yeah, we got to take care of all of our like we have to carry all of our waste and like dump it. So it's it's definitely a grind right now. But do you just have like a big
4: bucket with waste, or or how do you guys? Do that? Yeah, it's a, a five
3: gallon Home Depot special. Yeah, wow. it's really <laughs> we modded it so we uh yeah, get we did modded. a sick mod we cut a hole in the lid for nice. the train. with a razor blade yeah it was a razor blade <laughs> mod so it's pretty sick That's it. we'll, put, we'll put that in the show notes we'll get a picture of that <laughs> yeah. we'll get that in right next for sure. <laughs> but we love i mean we love talking to people like it's cool already getting hit up by people who want to do something like this cuz it's it's really fun but it's definitely like a lot more work
2: yeah do you to have to change? relocate do you have to, like, break down the whole cart and, like, move it and, like, bring it back the next morning? Or can it stay overnight?
3: So it does stay overnight. We uh, We had – so then we're, we're going to get into a weird area of permits and licensing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to make it real short, we were licensed as, as a caterer. And then we thought that was enough to, like, operate in Alpharetta. And then, lo and behold, the city of Alpharetta comes knocking and is like, whoa, no, not cool. <laughs> yeah. But then – Thank goodness, the Alpharetta city government's like really chill. Way better than Super any chill, other yeah. any other city government. We city ever government of Alpharetta, if you're listening. Yeah. We love you. You're so chill. That's so awesome. they like help. They were like, okay, let's look at your operation. Let's figure out what you are. And so basically, we get we get licensed as like a snack bar. Um, so we don't have to like relocate. Um, but then. But everything we do has to be like packaged. Like all of our pastries, we have like a sealer now, and so we have to like seal everything up so we our grubby hands don't touch it. Gotcha. Uh, so it's all like to go style. Like it's like sealed. To go, yeah. Like open better. it up. Yeah. So we have, and we have to market it as like a grab and go espresso yeah. bar, which is, I mean, totally worth it for for what we're doing. Um, but yeah, it's pretty tight. but I will say that like we we think about the day whenever
1: we won't have to go get water <laughs> and whenever we <laughs> serve <laughs> coffee in ceramic cups
3: again, and mm. it's just great. Right. It's it's a nice lot. I, we will say latte art is pretty on point in our to-go cups nowadays. So Dude, I bet. <laughs> Alex, did you did you work behind the bar at Cotton Cloud? Nope. Not really. I um,
2: Yeah, I started just as, like, a concierge um, in our cafe and did that for a while. And then um, I did, like, a few bar shifts, but I never really, like, I, I don't call myself a barista. Like, I'm not, like, uh, yeah, I'm not, like, full-on barista. Um, I, I can do the stuff, you know, I can make it, and it's it's pretty good. Uh, my latte art is not pretty. but. Uh, yeah.
3: How about how it tastes good?
2: But it'll taste good, yeah. I'll I will say that.
3: <laughs> yeah, well I just I had this thought as we're growing and like we're gonna be hiring at some point. Yeah. Like, because in in your case, you were the first round of hires for Cat and Cloud, right? True. Um I was just wondering because people people know Jared and Chris, and I was wondering if like when people come into your shop and see like you or Kristen or Tanner, if they were to ever be like put off and be like, where's Chris? Where's Jared? I don't (laughs) get my coffee made by their employees. Like I came for them.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, Has that ever happened? You know, I've never experienced that personally. Um,
2: yeah, I, I think just for the most part, we're just like so intense about the experience we're trying to deliver to people when they come in that like, it's not even really a thought. Um, I'd also say that, like, people who are, like, super into coffee, that's, like, it's definitely, like, a, like the coffee nerds, it's definitely a smaller portion of our customer base that comes into the coffee on a daily basis. Um Yeah, I mean, most people are just coming in, you know, they're in the neighborhood, they want a cup of coffee, like, or a latte or something like that, and we're just... We we will get you that, and we'll smile and make you feel maybe a little uncomfortable by how nice
1: we're being. (laughs) Um, When
3: you went to Captain Cloud. Oh yeah, so
1: great! As soon as I walked in the door, like Grace was just like all over it, like, "Hey, how's it going?" (laughs) So happy. I, I didn't feel awkward, but it was everyone was just too nice. It was nice. in the best way, way possible. In the best way. Well, it's like even you would notice it even more because
4: like you, you knew all the stuff it talks about on the podcast about like True. being so meticulous about the experience and like putting on the show. And you walk in, and you're like, you're not saying like, oh, this better be good, but you're like, have all that stuff in mind. So oh, yeah. So just to have someone random coming off the street like have an awesome experience. Like it it just shows how intentional you guys are and how consistent it is. It definitely
2: like blows my mind to be honest. Like I don't work in the cafe too often these days. Like I'm usually like, I'm usually there, but I'm usually like on my computer or on the phone or you know, like doing something else. Um, but just like sitting in the cafe and just sometimes I just observe for a little while. And I'm just, I just always get like re-energized by, by people like, even like the the newest of the new hires that we have, like I'm always just like, man, you guys are like already on this like, crazy high level of like giving people great service, and it just yeah, it's inspiring for me. I know. Dude. Yes,
3: that's <laughs> training, baby. That's <laughs> training. Shout out to all my trainers out there. We like so, you, so many shout outs. <laughs> so you guys, so you had a Kickstarter
2: in yes. August September 2016. And then for a while you were doing like catering and events. And then you got in the Georgia tech farmer's market.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So that was like the first regular reoccurring thing we did as a business because everything was pretty like one off. So we would do a random wedding here, random corporate thing there. But to have the Georgia tech farmer's market happen, it happened once a week on a Wednesday, um, so we did that for, what was like three months. Rather. Yeah, It was just the fall semester, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, um, that really accelerated our business. And, um, because just, we were doing something every week and then we gained like a huge Instagram, not huge goodness, <laughs> but like compared to what we had, um, we went from like 200 to 400 followers. Yeah. It was great. Wow. But we, I, I feel like, um, We all learned how to work as a team, too, between the three of us, because we all worked like full time jobs at that point. Um, So everything we did for Valor was just like a scheduling nightmare. Basically, we just did whatever we could to get off work. And like our employers were super gracious with us and all of that. Um, So we were just like at working as a team every week doing this. And we got like our bar flow down in that time and Mm. learned how to deal with
3: rushes and like, um, it was just so great. I think think one of the best things that was kind of like intangible and gave us a really good second wave was that when you cater an event, you only see everybody once. Um, but it was the first time like delivering a product and delivering a service where that if it was, like, good enough and, like, people enjoyed themselves, like, they would come back. Yeah. Um, and to see people come back uh, for us and for, like, for Cat and Cloud. Like, a lot of people knew Cat and Cloud or people came back because it was just on their way to class. There's tons of different reasons, but just to, like, have that and to start building and creating a relationship with people, I think, really revitalize like who we were and like reinstall our mission to like empower build up and unify everybody we come in contact with great um, so it was that was that was probably one of the biggest things for us for sure that's awesome and then so
2: you did that for 3 months and then and then the, the co-working space opportunity came up so now you're now you're all about that
3: yeah, we're there six days a week. Dang, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a grind for sure. Cause Ross and I still got to do some. Uh, Riley's full time Valor, which was like pretty insane. Cool. Um, and then Ross and I still have a couple side hustles to to keep it to keep like our cost our costs down. Yeah. Um, so we just extended our hours a little bit, and we're gonna do some more stuff. You know, like Dollar Spro Night and. Yeah, we got some we got some ideas in the work and some some product development. Um,
1: yeah, we're planning on riding this this uh, permanent semi permanent pop up wave until um, like next year at some point. We would we would really love like 2019 to be the year of Valor Coffee brick and mortar. Um, Sick. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a lot of things behind that. Whether it's like investor talks or um, like SBA loans or. Some things of those sorts, I mean, it's all going to be really hard and it'll probably end up being like 2020 or something of those sorts just to be realistic. But, uh, That's fine. but yeah, we're having a great time. That's how it goes. Yeah. You know. Um, do you think it would be in Atlanta or Alpharetta or man, we, we never expected ourselves to land in Alpharetta. Like we <laughs> always, we always loved Atlanta. Um, and just, you know, like the, the crowd of people there. But since we've landed here, like we're just really learning to love this community. Um, Mm -hmm. To be completely honest, we expected it to be like a a crowd of wealthy people that weren't too nice, but in, in reality it's like, Everyone is really, really, really nice.
3: Super diverse.
1: Um, yeah, super diverse, and and that that's been like the a huge shocker. Um, so yeah. we 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 love it here. Like, I mean, we aren't serving single origin espresso to everyone, but like we don't necessarily care. We don't want to be doing that. But we don't. But, but we do have it. Yeah, like like we think our our product is excellent, but whenever someone walks in the door and they're like, "What's good here?" we. I think that our first response most of the time is like, "Oh, the lavender vanilla latte is really good." Yeah, because we we just like we make our own syrups and we're we're proud of those too. But I mean, if, if someone walked in and they were like, "What's good?" and we were like, "Oh, should get a cappuccino," like <laughs> more likely than not, they are not going to come back. And Great. so we've we made we've made a lot of return customers and regular customers just from the lavender vanilla latte.
4: And it's right. it's because of like where our priorities are, like our. Sure, we love the specialty coffee industry and we want, like, us as coffee people have discovered that, like, oh, my gosh, like, whenever you source really great coffee and roast it well, it's, like, really awesome. That's kind of, like, the fundamental discovery. And, like, our main priority is not to push that forward, but it's just to, like, impact people and, like – I mean, it's similar to your – kind of Cloud's mission is just to leave people happier than they were. Um Boom. like just to have to have people come into our space and like just surround them with like love, like surround them with hospitality. So we're really just trying to figure out like, man, what would what is the drink that would make you the most happy? Like we're, we're we don't care about serving you single origin espresso. We don't care about you getting all the tasting notes in this like washed Ethiopian, like we just want you to hang out with us and like have a great time. Like yeah, that's that's the goal. Yeah. It's like the sickest like, thing ever.
3: Yeah. And one thing where that definitely takes place is like, though it, it kind of goes against what our preference might be. The answer is always going to be on espresso. And the answer is always going to be on drip because right. that's what this community wants. They want consistency and they want like a good product. Man. So, no, no slam to anybody who's mixing up their drip options. That's sick. true, um, but yeah, we we love it's. I just never thought like our coffee order would be like all answer and then like retail bags and like one kilo of, maybe like a single. But yeah, I mean, give the people what they
2: want, what they need. Yeah, um, yeah. come on. Where is that? So you guys, yeah. another cool thing I really like about you guys is you. You've really like thought through what your values are and know uh, that like on your Instagram you started posting like values Monday um, and you know just like talking through what some of your values are as a company and um, yeah I guess yeah I'd love to hear just like how you guys came about doing that and like what what like what motivated you to do it and like what the process was like for you guys to figure it out and like
4: what those values are. Yeah. Um, so values are like the fundamental driving factor for our company. Um, like whenever we first started the business, like these were things that, um, some of them we didn't really think like, I, I think whenever, whenever we first started, we were like kind of coffee snobs. So like our priority was to push specialty coffee forward sometimes at the expense of the customer, but like to be totally transparent with you, like the, the podcast, the kind of cloud podcast has been so huge for us. Like, um, the philosophies described in that in service and like in delivering coffee, um, really inspired us. So, uh, a few of our values, like, um, one of them that we came up with first, it's called Excellence and Empathy. And um, th- those are two different things, And we, but we chose to put them together because, you know, excellence has to do with, like, taking the time to be precise with your product and putting in tons of development and, like, being very intentional about um, how it tastes and how it feels and how it smells and all that stuff, putting in the work and the hours behind that. Yeah, um, and then also being passionate about that product too. Like, coffee people are so passionate about coffee, and I think it's such a great thing because we're just like so stoked on it. Whenever we taste something, and it's like, dude, this one tastes so good. Um, I just remember so many times like being so passionate about coffee. And then on the other side is empathy. So it's excellence and empathy. That's like treating others how they wish to be treated. Um, So like we're we're searching out the customer's needs and we're prioritizing them over our passions and interests. Um, And we're like we're developing the ability to understand what the customer wants before they even think it. Hmm. And um, like we're so those two together is we're creating specialty high end products like paralleled by none but we're serving it in an empathetic way that's, like, not snobby. Totally. That one's been so huge for us. That's, That's like, why you recommend a lavender latte, for example, over, like, Chino espresso or something. Yeah, and those excellence and empathy are not mutually exclusive. Like, um, we don't have to have an amazing product, but we treat people like trash, and then we don't have to um, have this awesome experience, and, like, we're super friendly, but our product isn't very good um yeah and then just a just a list another one is one we stole from you guys put on the show um, and <laughs> oh, yeah, straight rip-off. straight up ripped it yeah. from
3: you to, to be honest we, talk, we talked about it
2: <laughs> we we took that from disney i think
4: <laughs> There you go. A ripoff. Yeah, chain. we. I remember like Ethan emailed you about this value and like what it meant to you guys, and that was really helpful for helpful for us in oh, yeah. developing it. But it just it has putting on the show has to do with the stage, and the stage is anywhere where we're interacting with customers, um, and whenever we're in front of customers, like we recognize that we're performing um, like an intentional experience for them um so one thing that we say is like we're we're always on so whenever you're on stage it's easy to just kind of like turn off and tune out like whether that's looking at your phone or whether that's um just kind of like putting your head down and just not really engaging with people but like we we strive to be always on which is proactively uh, interacting with customers instead of reactively interacting with customers. Yeah. Um, Looking for opportunities to interact instead of just waiting for someone to come talk to you. Totally. Um, And there's tons of other stuff with putting on the show, like maintaining a clean workspace and like, um, not, I I remember one time on the podcast, I don't remember who, who said it, but how sometimes you'll go to a coffee shop and like the, um, You'll order an espresso and, like, they'll they'll say like, "Hey, man, like the espresso doesn't taste very good today," um, and we're just like, we're just not about that. And it's like, why am I going to tell my customers that my product isn't good? Like, I don't know. What does that say about me? Totally. Um, so like, we, that's we put on the show. We serve people.
3: Um, well, one, one thing that we talked about, Alex, is I was trying to see how that could be applied more like all Um So we talked about what does it mean to put on the show like off stage or like when you're doing wholesale work and it's just it's kind of being a, a brand ambassador and like through and through knowing that whether you're at like the grocery store or like walking around town, you could you could be spotted as like, oh that that guy's with Valor Coffee. Right. If you're a total like turd, then <laughs> even when you're not on bar you can you can cause a bad a bad reputation for your shop. Definitely. Yeah, that's have awesome. You, have you ever been spotted out in Santa Cruz? You've been pinned down?
2: I dude so much because I mean, yeah, working for the
3: ice cream shop for a while,
2: like people got to know me and then like I also worked in the farmer's market for a little bit. Uh, The ice cream shop has like a stand farmer's market so I got to know those people and then now working at Cat and Cloud it's just like I always see somebody when I go out into the world like that I recognize or that recognizes me and I'm just like yep what's up Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm your coffee guy your neighborhood coffee guy yeah, the Alex Mars. It's fun though. I mean, I lo- I love it. I love that it's like a community kind of feeling. And like, I mean, mm-hmm. before here, I lived in New York City, which is like the exact opposite, basically, <laughs> in so many right. ways. Um.
3: So, so little... um, how did how do you feel like you you changed when you went on board like with Cat and Cloud? Because obviously, Kat. you have to be like a good fit. you know yeah. Like, they're not just going to hire anybody. Like, you have to have some inherent kindness in your heart. Oh, um, for sure. How do you think uh, you've, like, developed over over the years with Canada's Yeah, just... I feel like
2: when they hired me, they just, they just saw, like, a spark of something that was, like, oh, this guy, like, really gets service. Because, like, that's, like, kind of how I got hired was, like, Chris came into the ice cream shop and, like, had a good experience, um... And just was like, Hey, we're hiring. And I was like, yeah, I heard about that. I should come by, huh? Um, but yeah, I feel like they just saw a spark, but really like the main thing for me is like, they provided an insane amount of opportunity for growth for me and for other people for sure. Um, but just speaking about my personal experience, it was just like, I, you know I, I mean I, I worked in like in like businesses before. like I worked in startups. I used to be like in tech. but like I had a lot of like work experience, but I was very new to coffee. Um, but then like being able to I, I think they just saw an opportunity in me to like you know become like a super like professional like coffee person that's like on the on the other side of the business and like I, I was looking for that as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like they just, they just gave me opportunities and I jumped on them and didn't look back. Um, I pretty much always feel like I'm able to like, like I have a lot of freedom to like Mm -hmm. do things as I think that they should be done. Like as long as they're, they fit within the confines of like our mission, vision and values. But, um, yeah, but I feel like I've grown a ton. Like, just through wholesale and um, just learning you know
3: yeah wow I'm wondering if like with the I think there's kind of like a change a cultural change going on in the coffee industry and Mm. that's definitely like one of those people leading the charge I'm wondering do you think that there's just going to be like a decline in like uh, shops hiring experienced baristas because they just want fresh people who haven't been in coffee so i I'm sure there's like, that was almost like a win for you. Yeah. You didn't, you're like a clean slate as far as, totally. as coffee. No bad habits. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was funny. It was cause
2: I, I had like plenty of customer service experience, like in restaurants mm-hmm. and in that, in that kind of environment. But I, I definitely, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like that's like such a cool thing. Just knowing that they, they have the skills to be able to educate somebody who has no coffee experience to just be like, like Natalie, um, who's one of our baristas at Cat and Cloud. And she does some like wholesale trainings with some local accounts and that kind of stuff. I mean, she, when she started, she's like our youngest employee or was at the time um, like, you know, 17, 18. And uh, I mean, she's just like crushing it on bar now. You know, going from no experience at all to just like, just like slaying the latte art and like, the kind of it's easy for me, you know, um, yeah. so it's, it's definitely like, man, I, I think it just depends on what you're going for as a company. But like, if you're going for like, I mean, it definitely helps to have like experienced baristas, especially if, if you're an owner that isn't as experienced, I could see that being like very difficult. Um if you don't have somebody that's like super experienced, but like only one part of the equation, um in my mind, you know. Totally totally crazy stuff. (laughs) Um man, so you guys you got you got a lot of things going on. You got you got your Kickstarter, which I keep going back to. I don't know (laughs) what.
4: The Kickstarter, Kickstarter, it
2: did happen. You got your mission. You got your values. Um, what? Yeah. What are you guys? What's going on? Uh, what, what's What's like the next like piece in the puzzle for you guys? What What are you stoked about?
3: Shoot, I think, I think we're trying to figure out now that we've been in our space about like three months, how to see if we can get like a pop up sustainable like what kind of what kind of offerings do we need to have what kind of promotions not promotions but um what kind of things we need to do to like get the community in alpharetta to like believe in what we're doing and how do we continue to grow that and a huge thing that helped us was that there's a there's a farmer's market across the street on every saturday We've seen a ton of growth there because the goal is—I mean, we'd love to—we'd love to get more and more full-time with Valor. Um, Great. And so we're just working on that, and like with—it's so—it's really hard. um, But with the foresight of a cafe, like in a year or two, it's—it's almost like we have a big essay due for school, and it's like, well, we can choose to put it off you know, until it's game time for the cafe. But, and by essay, I'm talking about, I'm referring to like a training program. We've realized how, how intensive we want it to be. And there's so many, so many things that we just need to create out of, out of nothing. Basically, just Um, stuff in our heads. Yeah. Just stuff in our heads. We have to put that on paper. So we've kind of been getting serious about that. And then we've been juggling like concept development with, um, more demand behind the bar um so yeah it's it's like this really really uh what is it like crux like tough point where we're being demanded to be behind the bar but we're also trying to yeah up time in in uh like we want to do like certifications for all our employees we already have Um, our orientation basically yeah we have like our orientation down Um, so it's like working on all this in in good faith that like a, uh, a cafe will come to fruition because if it does, if a cafe comes to fruition and we haven't been planning and we've just been operating our business, we've been working in our business yeah. we're not working on our business, mm. uh, a cafe will probably uh, suck. <laughs> and we yeah. don't want a cafe. That's the, That's the goal. Is the goal of our coffee is we want a good cafe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. It's
2: going to be an so, awesome
3: cafe. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, it's kind of it's kind of lame, but we've just been having to nerd out and read books and listen to business podcasts, yeah. And read business books and talk to business people and be like, "How how do you business? Teach us how to business."
2: I've said it before, but you guys are definitely like ahead of the curve. Like it's great that you're thinking of all this stuff now. Um, I mean, Chris and Jared and Charles definitely like thought of a lot of stuff um, before the business you know was created, but. Um, And, and a lot of work has gone in, in the last year and a half, like they, they take a lot of time, um, to, to work on the business, you know, um, as well. So yeah, it's like the more you can do ahead of time and just like figure out all your, all the important stuff, um, that you want to do. It's like so much better. (laughs)
3: Yeah. So I mean, if there's anyone—not that you can take our word for anything yet, because we don't have proof of concept—but if we <laughs> do get huge and you're listening to this, one big book that really helped us out uh, was the E Myth by Michael Gerber, which is talking about the mindset and like headspace of a of an entrepreneur. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that one was huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it talks a lot about how. So many people like quit their old jobs just to start a new job where they don't have to be where like where they don't have to have a boss and where they're the boss, but in reality they are only a technician. Um, so I think that that really opened our eyes to the fact that like yeah you know, we we probably won't be making coffee for, for too much longer. Really? Um And really got us into that mindset of like thinking about bigger picture things. Um, yeah, it's been so helpful.
2: Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Chris just gave me this book called How to Be a Boss.
3: Mm.
1: Right, them, which
2: he's reading as well. So it's,
3: it's pretty cool. It's like full circle. <laughs> do you, wow. do you find yourself working like solo on your projects or are you, who, who do you, who's your squad? Yeah. That's well,
2: for the longest time, like for a year, it was just me. Um, so it was just, just Alex doing wholesale. Um, and Chris has always been there for like support if I need to, um, bounce ideas off of for sure. Um, and now just recently in the past couple months, um, I hired a, like a wholesale assistant. Um, that's Mark. That's the guy, Mark, who, um, he's worked in coffee for a long time and has a lot of experience with that. And just like a super, super friendly, approachable guy that, um, is really great at talking to people. And, I'm really passionate about Cat and Cloud. And, yeah, so it's just the two of us. Um, He's still part-time doing that. He has, like, four jobs. He's, like, in the cafe once a week. He's in the roastery twice a week. He answers the info at catandcloud.com email address. And he also has been doing a lot of wholesale stuff um, with me. So it's been interesting for me to, like, sort of – go from being like a solo sort of flyer. That's just like, yeah, I'm responsible for all the work I do. And like, you know, that's like easy to me. What's not as easy is like taking all the stuff that's in my head and like spitting it out so that somebody else can like ingest it and understand it and be like, cool. I get where this is going. Like, sweet. I know what I have to do right now. (laughs) Um, Luckily, Mark is very proactive with, with things. Like he's like, super on point with like, just like taking the charge on things, which is, which is great. Um, yeah, it's always like something I'm thinking about is like, how can I be better? Yeah. You know, how can I be better taking care of, of the people that are, you know, working with me? Um, yeah, it's a sick yeah. thing though. Go, Go mark. mark. Go Mark. Shout Go out mark. to Mark. This is all about Mark. This, is,
3: this is podcast <laughs> is about the Mark. We love you. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Well, now let's get back to the Kickstarter. Yeah. So about let's the get... Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: so are you trying to run a Kickstarter? Is that what this is all okay, about? Okay, fine,
3: dude. We'll, we'll do a Kickstarter video with you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I would love to make an appearance for sure. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to say? Like, so you're at Thrive Co-working? Is that the name of it? Oh
3: yeah, you nailed that on the head, dude. I know some stuff. Appreciate. Yeah, we're at Thrive Co-working, Alpharetta, Georgia. Where uh, Monday through Wednesday, seven to four. Thursday through Saturday, seven to eight. All right, fine. Saturdays we do open at eight a.m. Okay, we like to sleep in a little bit on Saturdays. That's fair. Yeah, it is fair. You and then know, you're on Instagram. Heck yeah.
1: Fowler coffee. Yeah, we are we are heavy on the Instagram. So if you want to connect.
3: Disconnect.
1: connect there. We'll, we'll respond to your messages probably. Yeah.
4: get to see us acting like fools. <laughs> yeah, we, we like to not, not take it too seriously because like if, if you want like a serious job, maybe go like trade socks or something. <laughs> but we're just like, no, this is really fun. And like, we're going to express that
3: on our Instagram.
4: So it's, it's a party.
3: Yeah. dude. Like the service, the service industry is all like, it's all about hype. No one wants yeah. to go to a sad festival. A lame party. Yeah. We, <laughs> we promise there won't be a lame party. And uh, how do look. people,
2: if they want to like work with you, how does, how does that work? They just reach out online or on Instagram
3: work with you
2: oh mm-hmm. if they want to like uh use use a valor cart at their oh, event yeah
3: totally just hit us up
4: yeah there's a uh, there's like a proper contact form on our website um that like helps you describe the event so
3: and we promise nothing will go wrong we already did that. <laughs> One day, yeah yeah
1: everything is smooth sailing from now so yeah,
2: yeah. You, yes. you guys have learned you know valuable things <laughs>
3: Yeah, we we've learned a lot um, across the board, man. Super, super grateful that you would give us this like platform um, podcast has, has helped us out all too much.
1: Yeah, every time someone's like, how did you learn coffee? I'm like, uh, the Cat and Cloud Coffee podcast taught me more about coffee than any individual person ever has. <laughs> And like it's it's really it's I'm I'm not even kidding when I say that, like by far. I, I like we learned everything we knew from like our counterculture class and yeah. then the Cat and Cloud podcast and then the rest is is history.
3: Dang. Yep. Man, appreciate you guys. Dude, appreciate you. Thank you so much
2: for having us on. Heck yeah. Well, this has been great. We're like an
1: hour in. We went hard, oh dude. Yes. yes. Oh, made flies. It. We
3: can go like three more hours and do like a three or four parter. You know. Yeah. We, yeah. we just need to put our ad roll in real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I guess there's an ad roll. There's a couple ad rolls. So. Oh, yeah. Is there gonna be one in the middle of this? <laughs> we might have to. Yeah, we might have to make this two parts or something. I can make a custom ad. I can. I bet I could quote one of the older like Curtis ads. Dude, try. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> coffee what is <laughs> oh, it was like coffee from the from the brewer in your cup in, in your, your mouth. cup yeah <laughs> uh, all I remember is on with the show yeah on with I the show
2: <laughs> dude so funny well freaking awesome having you guys on here and I'm stoked for you guys keep on doing what you're doing thank you dad and yeah I guess
3: we'll I guess we'll catch you soon yeah dude we'll connect I'll, I'll probably mess up our next order just so we can talk some more you know? <laughs> just connect that sweet sweet quality time yeah it, we need that quality time you need that you know hit me up anytime dude and
2: Ross I'll see you in, in Santa Cruz hopefully
3: mm. yes dude let's do well, it well if he wants to go it sounds like he's playing hard to get here oh yeah like maybe older, so <laughs> I don't care too much so. yeah he might swing by it's not like yeah. he's been dreaming about this for his entire life or anything.
2: <laughs> we'll see we'll see
0: I'll keep
4: my calendar open. For sure. All right, Alex. Bye.
0: Guys. Yeah, have a freaking awesome day. The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely Amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal. And they just care. They care about you. They care about me and I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis.